0: the signing in of people and follow-up. All kinds of things that take place there that go beyond just the surface issue. I see pictures of uh, our fellowships or of the college ministry. And you say, well, yeah, college ministry, right. Yeah, yeah, I get it, spiritual activity. We have a Bible class for college. Okay, peace. Yeah, we do. However, there are a lot of things that go into Getting to the place where we can actually have a Bible study. For one thing, mundane stuff like setting out chairs. Who does that, right? If it's not you, then I'm going to say there is somebody who has decided I'm gonna take that on. And then they go out there and they, they try to arrange those chairs in such a way as to create some uniformity, to make it possible so that when Bo or any other speaker gets up there to direct these folks, that it's already laid out in the best possible fashion. There are people back there in the kitchen who are providing a meal for these kids. How does that happen? Well, some folks have to donate food. Somebody has to go get food. Somebody has to prepare a menu. Somebody has to put the ingredients together. Somebody has to oversee all of these workers. Somebody has to make sure that there are supplies that are available. Somebody has to do something. And the question is who? Who Who does that? Somebody who has, for one reason or another, figured out that they have a skill set that enables them to be able to do that. Anytime we have a fellowship meal, do you think those chairs just get out there or those tables are lined up there by accident? Somebody just snaps their finger and it happens. That isn't the way it goes. Somebody is employed in the work of the Lord in order to get that done. You say, well, Ken, the main part of this is getting that message out there. Yes, yes. But my question to you is, who has contributed to the message that was taught? I suggest to you that it's not just the person who does the speaking, but the people who have also manually, literally, physically laid out a situation that creates an environment for the teaching to be done. Otherwise, we'd just be sitting out here in the grass and we'd be having us a Bible study. Oh, by the way, how did we ever get any grass out there? And who is it that cuts the grass and makes it... Do you see what I'm saying? Just because I may not be the speaker or the leader or the teacher in this circumstance doesn't mean that I have nothing in this game. I do. Everybody contributes some part to the whole for the purpose, whether it is that I'm doing the least of things or the greatest of things for the glory of God and all of us when the results come will be able to share in the blessing that follows. Here's something that I believe to be absolutely true. Whether you are the CEO of a company or whether you are running the cash register at the drugstore, if you are doing those duties With God in mind, if you are carrying through those responsibilities, using your, your Christian nature that is about you, if you are letting your light shine in that environment, then you are bringing glory to God. Spiritual is not just the leaders of our congregation or the speakers or even those who are the encouragers among us. It's also those people who are making cookie cakes and giving them to you on your birthday to tell you how much they love you. It's also that person that will uh, meet you at the door with a wheelchair so that you can get around this building okay. It's that same person who just very casually starts handing out bulletins to people that couldn't quite get there. It's that same person who met you at the door and presented you with a plate of food, an expression of love and devotion for one another is a spiritual exercise even if it begins in such a physical, manual sort of way. There's no doubt about it. All of us need to be purposeful in our work, determined. Not not doing it because somebody's watching us, but doing it because we are determined to do something for the Lord. So let's take that a step further. Be be deliberate in your work. Be deliberate. He says, in sincerity of heart, fearing God. Sincerity of heart. Why do I do this? Because I want to. I do this because I want to. I do this work that I do You're going to show up somewhere to do a job tomorrow. Why do you do that? You say I'll do it to provide for my family. Okay, that's fine. Let's take that up to another level. Let's look at that as your mission field. I'm going to go do this work because I want to do this work. I'm going to do it in sincerity of heart. I'm going to be very deliberate in the thing that I do. I want to remind you of a story of Ruth. And The particular text that I'm thinking about to set this up is Ruth chapter 2 and verse 7. Because in that text, we find out that Ruth is following after those who are working the field. And she is gathering up the sheaves for herself to provide for herself. The comment about her was that she did it from the morning, from the earliest time that she could, all day long through the evening. She didn't even go back to the house for rest. And she had opportunity to be out there and working. She was working. A uh, few little questions about that scenario. Did she find pleasure in that work because she owned the land? No. She is basically a beggar. In fact, there had to be provisions in the law to even make that possible for her to go and do that work. Was she doing it just simply because she's industrious, you know, just wants to be seen among the workforce? No. She needed that in order to provide for herself so she could eat. Was it a proud kind of work? You know, some folks are very quick to tell you what they do because they're proud of the position that they have. I work for such and such a company and boy, just the word that comes out of their mouth impresses us. We're like, wow, that, that, what a great, that must be a great job. Somebody tells you, oh yeah, I'm a doctor working down the state." We're like, whoa, whoa, doctor. Uh, she's broke. She is doing a job that You know, maybe no one would say, I'm sure some people would, but most people wouldn't. Probably call her names behind her back. How'd she ever get herself in this situation? Just kind of a demeaning sort of work. But this text says, no, she didn't take it that way. She's very diligent in it and deliberate in it. What I mean by that is no matter how small the job was, she was willing to do it and to do it with all her might, effectively to the glory of God. Well, what do you mean by that, Ken? I, I would, again, as I'm examining that, I am I, I put myself in her shoes and I'm thinking, you know, this isn't where I want to be. You know, when I got married over there in my own homeland in Moab, where my family is from, these Israelites come down there and I invested myself with in them. And boy, I sure do love Naomi, but I'm thinking if I were back in Moab, maybe things would be better. And, I, you know, I just, I had such a life over there. And now look at me, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just another beggar out here. And just, just hopeful that somebody will leave me enough that I can provide for myself. I don't hear her talking that way at all. And the reason why is because while it may be that temporarily she was doing something that she didn't like, she didn't want to show up and do this every single day. But it was, as we read the story, it was a test of her character. And God examining that character just as God had examined Jacob and as God had blessed Bezalel so in Ruth, God is going to shower her with opportunities that would be beyond what she ever imagined. If only I could just hang in there where I am right now. Who knows what God will do with me if I'll be faithful with the little bit that he has put in my hand. Thank God that I have the job that I do have. And with God's help, I will exercise myself in that job with all of the skills and the blessings that he has put in my control, not to my glory, but to his glory because I am going to let my light shine. And, you know, not not just the mindset that I'm looking ahead. How about, how about this? Be, be a committed worker. Why? Because we serve the Lord Christ. Why would I to be committed in this? Well, number one, not because you get a paycheck, not because it's an impressive position, not because it will carry you to greater heights, Simply said, I do it because I work for the Lord Christ. I have committed myself to serving him. Oh, I don't know. We talk about humble characters in the scriptures and who would you put at number one, right? Here is my suggestion. How about John the Baptist? John the Baptist came along and he's preaching the kingdom of God. How many times was he out there in the wilderness and he had multitudes of people coming out to hear him? Even the... Religious elite who had been trained in the greatest schools had been gone out in, going out in the wilderness to hear the spectacle of John the Baptist proclaiming the kingdom of God being at hand, baptizing people for remission of their sins, for repentance. And so here's John the Baptist. You must be the Christ. You must be our deliverer. How many times did people mistake John the Baptist as being the Christ? John in chapter three, John chapter three and verse 28, John says, you all are my witnesses. And here's what I said. I am not the Christ, but I was sent before him. In other words, listen, you're my witnesses. Haven't you heard me say all along, I'm not the Christ? I'm not. I'm just the guy who came in to prepare the way to point people to him. How many folks had come to John and said, John, John, look at this ministry you got going. It is gangbusters. You know what you could do for God in this? I'm sure that Satan was sitting on his shoulder continually talking about what a name he could have for himself. You'll go down in history, John. You can deliver Israel. Maybe God's actually made you the Christ after all. When Jesus finally did show up on the scene at 30 years of age, John involved in this ministry all this time. When John recognized Jesus and he baptized him, here's what John said to his disciples. Disciples that had followed him for who knows how many years. Disciples that had seen him receiving acclaim. From even the religious leaders of his time, how many folks just clamored for him to take the lead? John says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John chapter 1, verse 29. In that context, John is the man. But now John is saying, Don't follow me. He's the one, he's the one. Don't spend your time thinking only if I could do what he could do or she could do. Only if I had his job or her job. If that happened, then I really could soar as a Christian. Stop it right there. You know when God wants you to soar? He wants you to soar right now. If all you can do is push a broom then push a broom to the glory of God. If all you can do is clean windows, then clean windows to the glory of God. If what you can do is like John, to proclaim the truth, then proclaim the truth to the very best of your ability. But don't try to be somebody else. Don't hope and pine after something that God never intended for you to do. John was satisfied that he was doing exactly what God wanted him to do. And if the Christ comes along and I need to set aside, in fact, that's exactly what he did, I must decrease as he increases, then God will just give me something else to do. Let's let's do our work in a in a committed sort of way. And then let's also be genuine in our work. Okay, he says, we are doing it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Uh, Robert Young, who actually is responsible for making Young's Concordance. I don't know if you have one of those, but... It is a book that takes every word of the Bible and gives you a reference for it. And sometimes it even defines the Greek or the Hebrew terms. It's a a useful document. But Robert Young, also with all this linguistic ability, languages, he actually produced his own translation. And when he translated this section of Colossians chapter 3, instead of... um, talking about doing it heartily to the Lord, he actually translated it this way. He referred to it as soul work. I just, don't you love that? It's not that I'm just, you know, into this. My whole soul is into doing this job to God's glory. Another great translation of that is the word "breathless." As I am serving the God in what, in, as I am serving God in whatever capacity, okay, just do this for me, will you? Imagine you are pushing the broom, okay. I'm, this is my sole work. As I am pushing this broom as a committed, dedicated Christian. It I am I am doing this work breathlessly. Wow. Now, if you can if you can push a broom that way, what in the world can you accomplish in the work that you are doing right now in exercising your faith? Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 says that whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever it is that you do in word or deed, do it according to the authority of Jesus. Question, who is it that I'm serving? Am I serving this this manager that I've got, Ken? He is awful. She is terrible. Peace. That doesn't have anything to do with you because the one that you're serving is the Lord. The Lord is the one I want to please in my work. And I'm just going to say nine times out of 10, if you're working for the Lord in the way that you ought to, there isn't any manager, how inept he may be, that's going to dispute the quality, the intent of the work that you do. And by the way, Colossians chapter four, verse one goes on to talk about that person, the person who is in the role of authority here. In this context, the, the master, he says, OK, if, if you are the master, if you're the person who's in charge here, if you're the employer, then you make sure that you deal with your employees justly and fairly. And here's why. Because your master is in heaven. Ye, right? Why would I do what I do? Same reason that the worker does what he does. We answer to the Lord in all this. So I'm pretty sure if if you'll be that kind of worker who's very diligent, who's purposeful, who... You know, is very deliberate in what he does, is committed, is very genuine in his activity, then you are going to please the Lord. There's no doubt about it. And if you will do that, if you'll be committed to being that kind of Christian in the workplace, then verse 24, he says that you will receive the reward of the inheritance. Love it. But verse 25, if you don't, then he's going to repay you according to what you have done. And with him, there is no partiality. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Let your light shine. Are you a child of God today? (laughs) Been hiding your light under a bushel? Don't do that. You know what the Lord expects of you. When you walk out of here, be committed that tomorrow your boss is going to see a different person altogether. If we need to pray about that, We definitely will. We want to put on our best face for the Lord. That's who we serve. If you're not a child of God today, He welcomes you on the condition of your faith in Him as the Son of God, your repentance of sins, your confession in Him to the extent that you're willing to act on that in obedience to the gospel, buried with Him, dying with Him, rising to newness of life, the waters of baptism. If there's anybody today who needs to respond for any reason, now's your opportunity. Why don't you come if you need to while we stand together and sing.
1: be. A song at this time to prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper, number 922. Jesus paid it all. If you need a package of the Lord's Supper, as the ulcers come by, just raise your hand and they will assist you. Let us now offer thanks for the loaf. Our Father in heaven, we give our thanks for this loaf, which does represent the body of Christ. We pray, Father, that we'll partake of this in a way that it will be pleasing unto Him. In Christ's name, Amen. Let's also offer thanks for the cup. Our Father in heaven, we give that thanks for this cup, which just represents the blood of Christ as he shed it there on that cross. We also pray, Father, that we have taken this way, that it be pleasing unto thee. In Christ's name, amen.
2: Scripture says, ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. These things being spoke of as food and raiment. As we observe this and realize how much more we've been blessed, especially all the spiritual blessings, let us prepare to give with a cheerful heart. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank Thee so much for our physical being and health, our ability to go out and work and earn a living. and Pray, Lord, as we're in those workplaces, we'll use the opportunities we have to show the love of Christ. Pray that we'll exemplify the characteristics that Christians should have. Lord, we pray these things that we've been blessed with, pray we can use them to the glory of Thee. Lord, we pray that we'll always offer to any asking the reason of hope and meekness and fear within us, being ready to give an answer unto them. Lord, we pray that we'll give today with an open heart. Pray, Lord, that we'll continue to do so in obedience to Thee.
3: Good morning. It is a joy to have each of you here at the Boonville Congregation this morning. We are honored that you've chosen to be here, especially if you're visiting with us. I know it's spring break this week here. You can tell by the nice weather outside. And uh, uh, we probably have several of our folks that are visiting away or maybe on vacation, but we also are blessed to have several visiting here. And we want you to know how happy we are that you're here this morning. We had 304 present today, and uh, we're thankful for that. Uh, You know, Gomer Powell had a saying, surprise, surprise, surprise. And, of course, the Brumleys have a surprise. And uh, we want to congratulate Kevin and Lauren Brumley and little Ella and uh, Rory and James. They're going to have a baby sibling uh, in a few more months and uh, I'm just so thrilled about that and I know you are as well and we need more to join in uh, that kind of thing as well. We need a lot of babies here and uh, we congratulate them and we will be praying for them uh, throughout the next few months and we hope that things go well. have a couple of cards that I want to read in your hearing this morning. Uh, The first card is from Joey Pittman and Star Scott. Uh, It says, Dear church family, thank you so much for the cards, visits, and prayers, and meal during our mother's death. She loves the church here and the church family here dearly. And so we want to continue to remember the Pittman family in our prayers. Also, I have this uh, card to read to you from Kim and Kelsey Uh, Fowler. It says, Dear Church Family, I honestly don't know where to begin. Losing my dad is beyond words and feelings, and saying thank you seems so simple. Your text, comments, visits, calls, hugs, and prayers have meant so much. Thank you for the pottery and the beautiful plant, the delicious meal. Uh, Going to the mailbox every day and seeing cards made me smile and cry all at the same time. My mom has said more than once, uh, what a wonderful church family that y'all are. Each and every one of you hold a special place in our hearts and that's signed in Christian Love, Kim and Kelsey Fowler. And so uh, I think that says a lot about the church here and your care and concern about others. As far as other activities of emphasis this afternoon, if you're able to come to the annex between two and four Uh, We'll be celebrating the 90th birthday of Brother Quitman Wigington. Also, lads to leader songs of praise will meet today at 4 o'clock. The providers will meet next Sunday. I want to remind all those in the Golden Circle of our luncheon together this coming Tuesday at 1130. Also, remember that we are collecting items for the Boonville Middle School food pantry uh, during the month of March, and there are two boxes uh, for collecting those things uh, back in the foyer. Our food pantry and clothes closet are going to be open this coming Thursday from 9 until 10 30. Uh, please remember that if you would like to help we would love to have you. And can you believe it's almost time for our annual Easter egg hunt that's coming up two weeks from today and uh, we need lots of stuffed plastic eggs with candy and uh, each family is asked to bring these and Uh, place in a barrel in the foyer. And also, as we prepare for our church membership directory, each family has been asked to fill out a family information sheet, and that's available in the foyer. That's all the announcements that I have this morning. Hope you'll come back tonight at five o'clock for our Bible classes. Uh, Let's be dismissed in prayer. Our merciful and kind Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for all you do for us. We're thankful that we've had the wonderful privilege and opportunity to come here and and worship you in spirit.